Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm going to be sharing my top three business lessons for 2023. I wanted to narrow these down to things that were not just relevant to me and my industries, but that that you could really reflect on and ask, have I taken this perspective and where can I double down on this next year? So number one, and probably one of the most important, if you have a sales organization or if you're an entrepreneur, is that you will never attract talent with better character than you. And when we think about hiring talent, we're expected to hire people that are smarter and more competent than us in their specific domains. So when we talk about skill set, you're not supposed to be the most talented person in your team, but it is expected if you are a leader that you need to have the best character. And so this is important because Leadership is not something that people can look at someone and be able to quantify it, but they can tell if you're a leader. And this is very closely linked to character. So your character is how you carry yourself, how you present yourself, you know, the decisions you make, how you advocate or you don't advocate, um, how you speak to people, how you speak to people who are, you know, quote unquote, unimportant, um, you know, it's, it's all of those things that are not talent related, but that could be contributed to leadership. It's how kind you are. It is, you know, the quality of decisions that you make, like, can people see outwardly that you make decisions on behalf of your team and not just for yourself? Do are you someone that can hold your tongue and you don't need to be the one that's always speaking? Um, you know, we've done several episodes on, you know, introvert, ambivert, um, extrovert, you know, the, the loudest person or sorry, the smartest person in the room is often not the loudest person in the room. So character is like not having to prove yourself, not have to having to shout it on the rooftop, how amazing you are. And so when people want to work with someone, when they want to partner with someone, they're looking at other things besides just your output. Yes, your output matters as in you have to have some kind of level of success to be attracting like high caliber people. But at the same time, people are looking at the way that you carry yourself and the way that you present yourself. Like what, what level? So, cause there's a difference between like confidence and arrogance, right? So you can present very confidently, but are you presenting like you're full of yourself and you have all of the answers because someone who has a high level of character will be so repelled by that. Like they do not want to work with people that are full of themselves. They, they just don't. 
they could because they know that there is someone that is equally as talented as that person but is also kind and respectful and a leader so they would rather partner with the leader than the person who's like pretends like they they've got all the answers and often the person that pretends like they've got all the answers tends to be a bit of a smoke and mirror situation where they actually don't know as much as they portray like they know so it's so important to carry yourself in like a leader, to speak like a leader, to conduct yourself like a leader, make it clear where you stand in your values. You know, when it comes to attracting good talent, like that's really important. Like, where do you stand on things? You know, what are you aligned with? What are you not aligned with? This is really important in terms of not only getting like, let's say customers or talent coming to you, but also in terms of business relationships with other businesses, like people, other businesses want to align with other businesses and business owners who are aligned with them. Um, and they will advocate for you and promote you and make connections for you. If they know you are a stand up person, if they know you put people first, if they can speak to your character right? They might not even know your business results, but they're like, oh, that person. Yeah, she's great. She's great. And that has nothing to do with your, because when we're talking about like results, it's almost like we're expecting it's only people that know our business success or within our industry that can speak highly of us. But when it's our character, like kids from school can talk about that right? Like you could get a character reference from someone who knew you in college, who knew you like worked with you 10 years ago. That's something different. And that shows a leader. And so of course, when we are hiring a team, we want to hire people that are experts in specific areas. Like if I'm going to hire someone in IT, obviously they're going to be an IT whiz. I know nothing of IT. So I would expect for him to have or her to have more skill, more knowledge, um, more intelligence in that space. And just because that person is a lot smarter in that area than me doesn't mean they're going to not work with me because I don't have the skill set. That's why I'm bringing them in. But when it comes to character, when people can, when people know bad things about your character, not a mistake you did years ago, but like about your character, the way that you are, the way that you treat people, you're either going to attract or repel good talent. Because people who are good talent, right? So they're skilled. They have the opportunity to work with that person over there who also has results, but is a jerk or with that person over there who also has results, but is a great leader. Who do you think they're going to go with? So this is why, you know, it's so funny to me. We, you know, spend a lot of money on like our traditional education. I certainly have, think it's totally worth it. But how much do we invest? And I don't mean money. I mean, even just time. Um, I shouldn't have said just because your time is the most valuable. But whether you invest dollars or time, how much time do we invest in building up our person? Who I am as a person, my character, how I carry myself, right? This is, we're talking leadership. We're talking emotional intelligence, These are the soft skills that are more and more becoming the hard skills that are going to be in more demand in the future. And we know that there's been multiple studies on that, 
right? And the more emotionally intelligent people become, the more they're going to be aware of your lack of emotional intelligence. It's going to, it's going to almost like reek. You're going to reek of like just not getting it. You know, we're at a place right now in humanity where where people who have elevated their consciousness, it's like someone who lacks humanity. It's like, whoa, we can spot them a mile away in their words. We're like, whoa. Okay. So your character above all, you want to have a high performing team, build your character, demonstrate that you put your people first demonstrate that you care about them. Listen to them. You don't have all the answers. Don't go in as as a know-it-all, even if you think you do. Even if you think you're the most qualified person in the room to talk on a specific topic, don't. Allow people to have the conversations and then you come in at the end and add something of true value. And let me tell you, people will listen. Rather than talking because you feel like because you're quote unquote extroverted and that's who you are okay great like if you're enjoying that great but if you're trying to position yourself as a leader don't go in there as a self-proclaimed extrovert and just feel like you just need to be talking all the time you will not be respected you don't want to be known as the talkative one you want to be known as the one with the best character and leadership okay number two this is Oh my gosh, this is like got multiple layers to this. I'm going to try to simplify this as best I can, but momentum is the hardest thing to build and the easiest thing to lose. This can be described in terms of so many different scenarios or examples. It can be in terms of output. You know, when you're getting success, you got to really push, keep pushing for that success. Don't think that's when you slow down. You actually got to go harder to create and sustain that momentum. Okay, so there's like that aspect of it, but it also just in regards to doing the do. So momentum is you making the decision to become great at what you do. So if you are a speaker, if you are a writer, if you are a coach, the only way, or if you're a network marketer, whatever you are, the only way you're going to like, first of all, build that momentum, but be able to sustain that momentum is if you keep doing the daily thing over and over and over again. So sometimes we think that doing the daily thing is like, okay, so I'm making a sales call to get the sale. But really that's actually the wrong perspective is I'm doing the sales call. Yes, my goal is to get the sale, but the purpose is to put in that rep. And that's the problem. Like we're looking at specifically to get the result. So I'll do all the work to get the result. Once I get the result, what the the problem with that mentality is once you get the result, you tend very unconsciously to take your foot off the gas. But if my intention every day is to do the reps because I have to write, because I have to speak, because I have to coach, it's so much a part of who I am that there is no foot off the gas. And I noticed like when I pressed record today, it's been seven days and I, since I recorded my last podcast, even though I spoke this morning, it was on a different thing. It wasn't a podcast. It was it was a teaching, right? It was to a different type of audience. This is a different way of speaking that I speak on here. And it took me a minute. I was like, whoa, it's like trying to find. However, when I'm recording like at least two podcasts a week, maybe a couple days apart, and I'm speaking and I'm coaching, I'm like in the flow of it and I'm writing like the words are just coming. 
So when we talk about momentum, momentum is yes, the output, like you have to maintain the outcome, like the win, the success, you got to keep going, but also momentum in your daily activity and thinking about, I do this because I'm a master at my work. So if you're in sales, I do reach outs, I do calls because I am a master salesperson. I coach weekly because I am a coach. If I went a month between coaching calls, I don't know that I would be as comfortable like as I got started into that call. But because I am so used to doing multiple calls a week, that for me, it feels natural. So I never want to lose that momentum of doing the thing doing the thing that makes you great at your craft, whatever that is for you. So a lot of times we we look at things because we're so outcome focused, we look at what we've done and if it doesn't get the result, we look at it like a failure. Okay. So we write a post, it didn't get that much like response and you just like, oh crap, that wasn't good. But that wasn't the point. The point, the ultimate goal after like a thousand reps is to be amazing at it. But the goal was that was one practice. That was one rehearsal. It's like you practicing for a dance recital. You wouldn't go to each class on every Tuesday leading up to your, you know, end of year performance. And you wouldn't be like, well, that was a waste of a Tuesday. Like that was a waste. No, you're practicing so that you could be a master. Every practice leads you to that end result, but we're always looking to bypass the practice bit and and looking to be epic. And it's this mindset is that stopping people from starting the podcast, is stopping people from going on live, it's stopping people from writing that post, it's stopping people from starting that newsletter because you want to be good. You want to be good before you even start. You have to be willing to suck. You have to be willing for it to flop. Otherwise, you're not actually committed to being great at what you do. And in which case, you don't really deserve to be great at what you do because you weren't willing to put in the reps to maintain and sustain that momentum. So when it comes to losing that momentum, I've created momentum in my business and then I've lost it. And I know how hard it is to pick it back up again. And so we have to just remember that, that that momentum like that sign of success, Dan always says, um, nothing feels like success. That's like his thing. And that's his way of like, I guess, keeping me on my game is like when you, when you're successful, then you're just like, I've done it. No, there is no arriving. It's like the personal development stuff. There is no arriving. You have to continue to do, you need to pivot. You need to do things differently. So look at the act of doing the thing as the outcome in and of itself. So create the post, create the presentation, whether you use it once or a hundred times or never, you still won because you created it. So think about your sales call, whether that person decides to buy or not is irrelevant because you're starting to understand people better. You're starting to understand objections better. You pick up on patterns and nuances in, in the way that they speak. Every time you give a presentation, for example, you learn more about your body, you learn the best time to pause, you learn how to look at the audience, you learn 
you know, when, when you're looking too long at someone, when you're looking too short, when you're not giving enough eye contact, all of these things can only be learned when you're actually in the game doing it. Okay. So decide that you're going to do what you need to do and then commit to it consistently. And that's how you'll create the momentum. And then when you get the success, don't slow the pace because that's how you'll lose the momentum. Okay. And number three, this one, I love this one, um, is take a long-term versus a short-term focus on your customers. So short-term is basically uh, trying to maximize what you earn from a customer on the front end, while long-term is looking at the lifetime value of a customer. So to me, like obviously there's going to be some like quantifiable like benefits to this at the end, but like for me, how I bring the hu- human element into this is like I'm just basically treating customers like humans and not numbers. So I like to always use different analogies and how I look at it is like when you make a new friend, you're not thinking to yourself like, oh my gosh, we need to have every fun moment that we'll ever have together on this weekend. Like, let's go. You don't do that. That's like if it was in an intimate relationship, that would be love bobbing to the max. No, you don't do that. You nurture your friendship. You learn about them. You know, you ask questions um, and you provide support and you offer and you plan to have more fun times in the future. This is what a relationship looks like. Your customers are no different to this. So take this perspective Um, if you have a service business, definitely if you have a service business, oh my gosh, but it can also relate to products. Now, if you are someone that sells, I don't know what's, what's a product that people aren't going to buy off. I don't know, toilet cleaners and you want someone to buy 10 at once. I I think I saw an ad recently for one of those, but anyway, it's like you buy one toilet cleaner for $10, but you can buy like 10 for like 50 or whatever it is. Right. And so that, that makes sense because the likelihood of that person needing to buy more toilet cleaners from you, probably not so much. So that makes sense. But when you have a service business or when you have consumable products, you really need to take this perspective. So sometimes people, they get so like excited about the sale that they want to sell as much as they can in the beginning. And that's, not what we should be doing if we want to build a long-term relationship with someone. What we want to do is offer them what they specifically need in that moment, build trust, importantly, build trust, and that is through giving value, delivering, and then you offer them something else and they will be much more inclined to buy from you. So I'm going to um, use this example um, with my sales business. So when I create carts of the Monate products for someone, I give them an example of like what everything would be, like uh, everything I could recommend for them, but also give them an option of like this, you could be good just with these for now. And I give them a choice. I'm not forcing them to buy this big thing. And the other thing is, even if we have promotions, even if it's like, you know, if a product is not for someone, I will never tell them that it's for them because why would I do that? But you'd be so surprised at how many people do that. They throw everything in and they're like, here, like, what are we thinking? Like, 
I would much rather receive less commission on the front end and then really service that person and check in, see how they're going with their products and then um, offer them something else if it makes sense to offer them the product. I mean, this is so basic, yet I'm sharing this with you because so many people do not understand this. So many people do not understand this. I mean, you can even use the sales, I don't want to say tactic, but you could go in and say like, this is what we have. These are the different offerings that we have. And you can offer them one, you can show them like the highest price option and let them know that's actually not for you. Right there, you're building trust because they're like, oh, she had the opportunity to like sell me this $20,000 package. But she said, I don't even really need that right now. I just need this one. That's building trust. Whereas if you sell that package, that $20,000 package, and they didn't need it, you're going to look like you don't know your stuff, first of all. Like, okay, like from me as a coach, I'd be like, okay, so I didn't need that. And she sold it to me. She obviously doesn't know people that well. It like literally wrecks your reputation. Let's say you're selling products, hair products. And in my instance, if I'm selling her all these, and none of those products worked for her, like I look uneducated, unprofessional, and like, a bit dodgy, right? Oh my gosh, I feel so Australian for saying dodgy. Does anywhere other other countries say dodgy besides the UK and Australia? I don't know. The first time I heard it was here. Anyway, looping back. So really taking a long-term perspective on your business and on your customers is so important. And if we take that long-term perspective, we'll realize that, yeah, you might've been able to sell something like for a couple thousand dollars on, on the front end or like a couple hundred dollars, $500 from your sales business, and then gave someone products they don't need or a service they don't need. And then they will never buy from you again. Like you have left such a bad taste in their mouth, like they won't come back to you. Whereas you say, let's start you with this. Let's see how you go with this. And we can, we can always add more products or we can add this service later. You're going to build that trust and they are much more likely to stay on with you. Like my coaching clients, oh my gosh, some of them have been with me since 2017, 2018, That's insane. That's insane. Not only are they one-on-one clients, but they will also buy the programs as well. Why? Because I keep giving them value and I don't force crap on them. They come to me when they need my support and they might buy a coaching package, a series of calls or whatever it is. And I'm not constantly trying to upsell them on some bullshit they don't need. I'm listening to them. I'm treating them like a person and someone like I really value and I look to nurture that relationship. So let's just recap those again. My top three business lessons of 2023. Number one is build up your character because you will never ever attract talent with better character than you. They'll just go to somewhere else to another leader. Number two is maintain your momentum because it is the hardest thing to build and it's the easiest thing to lose. And it feels like the biggest uphill battle once you've lost it. Number three is take a long-term perspective on your customers and your business for that matter. And treat people like people. When you build a relationship, the money tends to come. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright. <laughs>